Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Julie Metzger, owner of the J. Metzger Group. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. And before we should go too far into this, thank you so much to Schaefer Leadership Academy for being our sponsor for how long? Three years. Three years. Our premier sponsor for for this whole time. Yeah. Yes, just about when we started. I think I think they were the first one to sign on when we said, hey, you know what, we should get a sponsor for this. Actually, they were the ones who brought the idea to our attention. Like, what? Oh, yes, when we started, we were like, yeah, we're just going to do this for fun and whatever, and it'll be fine. And then Mitch was like, hey, are you, would you accept sponsors? And we were like, oh, yes, we would. <laughs> <laughs> are you interested? <laughs> and then we had to figure out. You know, the price of that. How much? Yeah, what cost. does that cost? And and then I remember you made a whole brochure about sponsorship of the podcast. I do. I think we only use that twice, but you know, that's all right. We got to look like we know what we're doing and stuff. So and it was very cute. It was full of bitmojis that <laughs> of we course. made specifically for custom bitmojis just for us. We still <laughs> use those bitmojis when we do yes, we presentations up, together. We, we, we did a PowerPoint with those in it yeah, as well. It's got us as the dream team, Matt and Angie. So, yes. But yeah, so they've been our sponsor this whole time and we are so happy that they've been our sponsor yes and uh and of course i want to thank tisha in the time we've been doing this podcast she's had me do two weddings for her that is true not for her she has not gotten married twice no no her children each have gotten married once (laughs) and they were very fun times. oh they they are fun they're fun people i like their parties they're fun so yeah (laughs) we like that and we you know we are graduates of both of us, the emergence program at Schaefer Leadership. Yeah, 2014 for me. 2015 for me, I think. I believe so. Because I went yes. the season after you. Uh, yep, so graduates there. I went through the fusion program, the multi-generational teams. I went through that. That was very good. We've been through a lot of workshops and a lot of different things. Lunch and learns and coffee talks. I went through their all aboard training. So board oh, so training. Did I. So did I. Yeah. And now we're on so many boards, we don't know what to do with ourselves. We're, we're on so many, we're dropping off. That's true. <laughs> So yeah, we we just we didn't really have a specific event to talk about today because we are wrapping up the end of the year and programming and things like that. But we just wanted to give a shout out to Schaefer and how awesome they are. Yes, thank you very much. And you can always learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Julie Metzger, owner of the Jay Metzger Group and lecturer at Ball State University. Welcome. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. No problem. So first of all, tell me about the Jay Metzger Group. What is that? The Jay Metzger Group is a uh, marketing and um, public relations company that really tries to help local clients with their identity, and we do a lot of event coverage. We focus really on niche publications. Uh, we've done, we do the Newcastle Chamber of Commerce magazine, for example. In fact, it's our oldest 
client. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, we do Current Magazine, which is a publication of Meridian Health Services. And we've we've done work for everybody from Muncie Power Products to Ontario Corporation um, and um, lots of smaller companies in between. So what led you to start the J Metzger Group? In 2011, I left the Indianapolis Star where I was executive editor for digital. And that was my last job in the newspaper industry where I'd spent 25 years. But at the time, my kids were still in school. We were in our hometown. I actually started at the Muncie Star when I was a junior in high school uh, as a copy kid pouring coffee and sorting mail and then worked my way into being a reporter uh, and was there for seven or eight years through college and through grad school. Then I left in 19-something. Uh, and <laughs> Where'd you go? And we were gone. Oh, we, we were in uh, nine different newspapers at four different states over about 15 years. Wow. Having a great time. Uh, but we started a family at one point, and we really wanted to get back to our people who we loved the most. And uh, had a lot of family in Indiana and a lot of family still here in, in Muncie. And so in 2005, came back as publisher of the Star Press. And in 2009, I think, around, I went to the Indianapolis Star. Uh, you know, as I said, the, as the newspaper industry was struggling and, and, and consolidating, consolidating uh, publishing jobs were being collapsed into small markets like ours. So I went to the Apple Star for a couple of years as the uh, executive editor for digital. It was a great experience. But, you know, again, family was here and kids were in school and uh, we just wanted to try something different. And uh, so uh, my husband, John, had been a stay-at-home dad for several years, probably close to 15 years by then. And we said, you know, let's see what we can do to come up with with a different way to make a living and, and you know, help the people in, in a community we love and do the work that we are fond of. And so we came up with the Jay Metzger Group, world headquarters at our home in Yorktown, Indiana. So <laughs> Nice. Now, tell me about the role with Ball State University. You're a lecturer there? I'm an associate lecturer, yes. Uh, I took that job in 2011 as well. Started really as a temporary uh, lecturer or, or, or instructor. And then about a year into that, we uh, had this new facility called the Unified Media Lab mm -hmm. and needed some attention to sort of build it out. Uh, we had a generous donor at the university, uh, and, um, and we built out really a 4,000-square-foot space where all student media could operate. And so the Daily News, the longest, the, it, that's the newspaper, uh, the campus newspaper, uh, Newslink Indiana, their broadcast um, the, every night, the magazine, ball bearings, and anything else in between that, that, that we came up with. And so we wanted those students to really work together. And, you know, when I was entering the newspaper business, you, you just did one thing, you know, mm -hmm. and you were a writer uh, and, or a reporter. And then they had photographers who did photography and they had designers who did design. And these days, of course, you had to know how to do it all. And yeah. so students are now exposed to all these different mediums uh, and they might spend some time over at the Daily News. They might spend some time in broadcast work. So my job was to help kind of get that going and, and worked with lots of super talented people who really were the ones who made it happen. I had kind of helped coordinate that. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I actually moved into teaching full-time. So that's where I am now. And I teach writing, mostly opinion writing, feature writing, news writing, different kinds of writing in our new school of journalism, what had been Department of Journalism, now our school of journalism. And so really terrific 
work going on there and great colleagues, great energy to be on campus. I love it. Now, you were telling me about a project before we started the uh, podcast with these students, uh, something very interesting. Tell us about it. Well, a couple of years ago, a colleague and I, Dr. Melinda Massinio, were part of a Virginia B. Ball Center fellowship. Uh, Ball State is, you know, their signature program is immersive learning, meaning, you know, let's get students uh, working within the community, kind of boots on the ground, experiencing what real work feels like. And this was an opportunity during this fellowship to sort of explore a topic that we were interested in, which was, which came to be known as Inform Muncie. Uh, this year was the second iteration. So while we started this a couple of years ago in planning processes and we had a, a singular cohort that really put the meat on the bones, you might say, this semester we had a, a another class that continued to write content for it. The purpose really is um, to be to, to have a uh, an, an inclusive publication that really sort of leans into some of the underserved communities, African American, LGBTQ+, people with disabilities, and trying to teach students, you know, how to, if, if, if we practice, uh, we, we, we preach, I should say, we preach equity and inclusion. How do we practice equity and inclusion? I'm always uh, remembering the Muncie Times and B. Moten Foster, who was a force in this community and who did so much good with the Muncie Times covering the African-American publication, what would that look like in 2021? And, you know, our students and, and my colleague Melinda and I talked about that a lot and, and essentially said, you know, it would be, we would do the same kind of work only with 2021 sensibilities and you know, what would the language be and how could we help the community tell the story of all of the things going on in Muncie that the mainstream press might not cover. So that's that's what we're striving to do and students have done a great job getting us started. It's a living organism and so I think it'll evolve. I hope it does. With newspapers consolidating and that voice uh, being dampened and of course social media and misinformation and things like that, where do you see it going? You know, these students that, you, that you're that you talking to and things like that, where do you see them in the next 10 years? Well, I, I think this is a great time to be in journalism. I think it's an, it's an exciting time. And, you know, we need this industry more than ever, in, in my opinion. I do think it's going to be different. You know, we're not going to have big, necessarily big companies, although although we, we still have some that are pretty big that have, that, you know, they have a lot of ownership in communities. But I think that we're going to see startups, and I think we're going to see nonprofit news organizations. You know, the, the problem, of course, is the business model got tipped over. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that internet just wrecked that darn, everything. That darn internet. Uh, so students who go through our program at Ball State are, you know, come out with the kinds of skills that really translate into lots of different industries. Uh, you know, I tell students, if you can write, create content, understand how to make a podcast, <laughs> that's going to serve you well in life wherever you happen to land. And you'd be surprised how many employers are clamoring to get our students. We get lumped in. Media gets lumped in into one big pot. Yeah. Uh, and so, and this has always been the, the way it is. But community journalism, community storytelling, those kinds of things are going to just continue to be, um, you know, necessary parts of life. And you know, keeps people honest. It holds power to account. Tells the story of people who aren't being told about. 
Um, so, you know, I think where is it going? I think we're going to see a renaissance of public media. I think we'll see some. We, there already are startups that are helping fund other organizations. There's the American Journalism Project. There's this thing called Tiny News Collective. There's a Great Lakes Collective up in Michigan, and their mm. main topic is water, uh, sustainability issues. You have organizations like Chalkbeat in Indianapolis that has actually been around a while, but focuses only on education issues and is really geared toward the audience of policymaking. So storytelling is, starts with audience, as you two know very well. And so I think targeting those audiences with topics that appeal to them is, is probably going to see more of that. So tell us a little bit about your family. You mentioned your husband and kiddos. I have a great family. My husband John and I uh, have two adult kids. It's hard to say that now. One, <laughs> <laughs> adult children. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, one is a junior at Ball State, uh, and one just finished his. Uh, my son finished his master's degree about a year ago, uh, and is working in Indianapolis. I have three sisters. One is a identical twin sister. Uh, and is often spotted around and mistaken for me, or I'm mistaken for her sometimes. Uh, I did not know that. I didn't know that oh, either. Yeah, I well. probably said hi to her. No. <laughs> probably. She's, yeah, she's, she and her family are in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's fun when they come to town and we descend on an event. <laughs> that's, confuse that's, everybody. So, yeah, and confuse everybody. That's, always, that's, that's just a lot of fun. So my in-laws, are, my mother-in-law is here, my uh, sister-in-law is here. Lots of great family connections. And so we love Muncie. We love Delaware County. We love being here, being close. You know, we can go anywhere. We need to go from here, right? And so I'm a big Muncie cheerleader. Al Rentz told me once when I came back to Muncie in 2005, he says, well, you, you can take uh, the girl out of Muncie, but you can't take Muncie out of the girl. I was <laughs> like, oh, okay, Al. <laughs> that was like on one of the first Muncie on the Moves that, oh, okay. I, that I went to, <laughs> and he was host. He was hosting it, so it was great. Now, tell me about growing up as a twin. I wish everybody could grow up as a twin. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you do the fun stuff like the switcheroos? And we all did. That okay. We did. We did that. We did that at least once, and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know tried to get away with being ornery. She's much smarter, prettier, kinder than me. Oh, she, you're a you're a top bell. So that's, <laughs> that's something no, else. No, no, no. She's terrific. She's wonderful. And you know, it's it, honestly, it's just a great thing. You've got you know a built-in best friend your whole life. And uh, I, I talked to Melinda about Melinda Messini was also a twin. Huh. Uh, and uh, so we talk about that too and what that relationship is really like you know so our families are really tight we're um, you know we try and do as many things as we can together I have two other sisters one in particular who I grew up with and is and now lives out of town so that's like what out of town you know how do we get <laughs> to get so you know it's really important to to keep those connections right mm-hmm. um and you know it's just it's just it's all good it's all good well what do you like to do for fun you know that was a tough question for me because i have fun really doing almost whatever i happen to be doing i'm really and i know that sounds goofy but kind of a nerd that way once in a while i'll play some golf you know i'm trying to take more walks and be more contemplative i have a really good friend who walks like four or five miles a day and i'm completely in envious of that person's <laughs> focus mm-hmm. just to be that focused and not distracted I always feel like oh I need to go back so I can get this done or get that done so I still feel you know a little distracted by relaxation <laughs> I <know. laughs> but I, I do think that that we all spend I mean COVID has taught us the importance of just dialing back and uh, I have done that to a certain extent so what does success mean to you I think success is 
such a big question. Angie. I know it's a hard question. You know, <laughs> you know, for me, it's living in a place I love, doing work that I value with people I care about. It's I love working with young people. I love working with women. I want them to feel better about themselves and feel better about their place in the world. I think sometimes we take each other for granted and um, we shouldn't do that. Uh, and, and, you know, there's so much valuable work going on in Muncie, particularly among young people and women, and we need to lift them up. And, you know, I think that, that you can feel pretty good about it when you do that. And so that's one of the things that, that I think about a lot. And I, I'll, you know, make notes through the year about somebody who I saw do something or read that they did something. And particularly people who are never recognized, you know, I mean, we know the ones who are out there doing the, the good work because their names come up all the time. But there are so many that you never hear about who are really rocking it, who don't get any credit. And so I just encourage those people to keep doing it because that's how we become a better community, I think. I think uh, here recently, the Athena Awards, you were the number one nominator. <laughs> That's true. You were nominating all <laughs> kinds was. of people. But, you know, we could all do that. I mean, I just think that let's let's just commit to one or two people that we want to lift up every year. And I, I love WIBU and my mentors uh, as a young woman um, also were a big part of, you know, Buffy Greaves, for mm-hmm. example, and, and Jeannie Ruddick and these founding members, you know. And I think we have a legacy to uphold. You know, there are so many great women out there doing things. It's great to know about the, you know, let's talk about them a little. Let's like, let's let them know that they haven't been missed. So anyway, I, and I, it was, you know, I, I didn't really mean to be the primary nominator. <laughs> it just kind of worked out that way. Now you're a big supporter of the YWCA here in town. Uh, that's how I, I keep I running am. into you. So tell us about that and that relationship over the years. You know, Tasha Barnes Griffin and I became friends when we both served on the Boys and Girls Club. And it just sort of evolved after that. Um, we really like each other. <laughs> we have <laughs> we have com- common uh, uh, sensibilities and beliefs. You know, we both grew up here, uh, you know, in similar situations. And, you know, we, we see potential everywhere we look. She's a really positive person. I'm a pretty positive person. So, yeah, the, the YWCA and the work that goes on there, it's important work. Are you on her personal board of directors? <laughs> That's what she tells me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I I didn't know that. I've been applying for years, but she keeps reading. <laughs> she, she has she has a list of people who She's are on. She's got quite her. a few. Yeah. She does. She does. So I feel honored by that. Of course, we spend a good amount of time at my kitchen table just talking, and a lot of people actually do that. I love being able to just talk, not be in a time crunch. I'm not a big restaurant person. Uh, you know, if, if we really want to get together and catch up, and say we just go to my house, uh, and we and I cook. I love to cook. I cook all, all the time. And so that's not a, you know, that's a relaxing thing. Yes, what do I do to relax? That's it. Actually, that's, that's kind of my thing. That's what I do. I should have said that. What do I do to relax? I cook. That's really good for my friends. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we get to we get to eat and talk. But yeah, so I, I guess there are a couple of things, too, that, that I want you to know about. Um, I'm on the uh, Indiana Youth Institute board, and that is a terrific board. And one of the things that we do every year is something called State of the Child. And this will be our fifth year, and it'll come up in April this year. IYI bringing its data to local communities. IYI is an organization that exists really to support youth 
workers. And one of the things that they do is they collect information and demographics and they depend upon the census. So, for example, the 2020 census is delayed. Yeah. And so we put out a, a new uh, something called a Kids Count book every year. And so that's delayed a little bit this year because of the Census Bureau numbers being delayed. But that data really drives a lot of decisions in the state of Indiana. In fact, legislators use that book more than any other group of people uh, because they refer to it. And so it's really, it does play an important role. We bring those numbers to communities throughout Indiana, and Muncie is one of them. And it's called State of the Child. And it's a morning event where we invite youth workers and community stakeholders in to really talk about, well, where are we really? United Way, Heartland of Indiana, uh, United Way now has been a primary sponsor along with Ball State University. And so, you know, keep an eye out for that. It'll happen in April. Anybody can come. Uh, But it gives you a really good idea of you know, what work needs to be done, particularly as it, as it pertains to children, the state of the child. And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. Number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw this question. And, uh, <laughs> it was like, I don't know, uh, what's any, anything? What's my go-to? Yeah. yeah, you know, my daughter put a playlist together, and I listen to that uh, when we're together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Chicago, Neil Diamond, Journey, you know, whatever my kids are telling me to listen to, that's what I listen to. Okay. Very good. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early. Okay. Any reason? You know, I've always been kind of an early bird, and it just gets... You'd have to be in the newspaper industry, wouldn't you? Yeah. Everything happens at like 3 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) One of my first jobs as an editor was at an afternoon newspaper, and we printed the paper at 10.30 in the morning, and so I was at work by 5, and so that probably started my early bird nature. But now, you know, nobody else is up at that hour, and so, and I don't get up at 5, but maybe 6, between 6 and 6.30 every morning. There's some old men at the VP and... Well, that's They're true. They are always hour. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Matt's dad. <laughs> that's how you catch the good sunrises, you know. Exactly. What's your favorite book? Where the Crawdads Sing by Adelia Owens was like just a fantastic book. I recommend that to anybody. I love, I like, and I like memoirs, you know. I don't always read fiction, uh, but this was really awesome. Have you ever met anyone famous? I have, but, but you know, I mean, like Stedman Graham when he was here with Oprah. Helen Thomas, some people might not remember her, but, you know, famous UPI reporter who covered 47 presidents or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, met her. And then, you know, to a lesser extent, there's some celebrities. But, I, you know, as a journalist, honestly, seen a lot of celebrities, but I always sort of stayed in the background because, you know, you want to observe. Right. What's your guilty pleasure? I can't stop watching West Wing. That's one of the. <laughs> it's just such a over good and over, show. over and over again, show. over and over again. I think it's well written. The funny thing is, my daughter's twenty, and and that's really when I started watching this show. And so now I realize I've been watching it for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> now, do yeah. you yearn for a West Wing-like experience nowadays in oh, the White House or coming out of? Uh, well, you know, I I I would like our government to operate again in the background. <laughs> in the background. I, I've learned I don't really want to know every detail that's going on. I want, but I want to be uh, 
you know, believe that things are being taken care of, Democratic or Republican. Um, and I think that that's true in some uh, politicians, no matter their party, that's the way they roll. But yeah, the, these days it's been a little too much. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't need to see it like front page. I don't need to see it every day. Every day. I, and I'm a big, new, I mean, i immersed in the news. Mm-hmm. I read the New York Times every day. I read the Wall Street Journal every day. Yes, I pay for those subscriptions. You know, I read the Indianapolis Star and the Star Press here in Muncie. I read them every day. But cable television, cable news, that's harder for me to, that's harder for me. Yeah. And it didn't used to be, but it is. It's, yeah. So I, I've, I'm almost leaving my news consumption to what I read. What's your favorite movie? An Affair to Remember, Cary Grant, Deborah Carr. It's a classic, and it's a great love story, and, you know, great actors, great era, you know? Just yeah. a great era, great movie making. What's your hidden talent? Well, I think I kind of alluded to that. I'm a pretty good cook. You're a good cook. Okay. Pretty good cook. Yeah. Do you have a favorite thing to cook? Yeah, what's your signature? No, no, I no. Just whatever you feel <laughs> like. I, I, yeah, I, I don't really, I know, no, I don't really have a have a particular thing. But, uh, you know, I love soup. A soup is like a th- a, a, all time, all, all months of the year. Do you sing in the shower? I do not. And um, and my family's grateful for that. Okay. Yeah, no. What about the car? Not, no, not nope. really. No, no. Okay. no. Well, right. I might, yeah, no, I might hum. Yeah, but then, yeah, no. I don't okay. even like to hear myself. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, yeah, Star Trek. I see that. I, yeah, I could pin you for that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Star Trek. Nice. What's your most used emoji on your phone? Oh, probably the mom hugs, you know. Yeah, for the sure. The mom hugs? Yeah, you know. No. No? <laughs> what does that one? look like? What's, what's a mom hug look like? I don't know. Emoji. I just I just choo- I just choose one. Oh, oh, you, oh, oh, you, oh, you mean the you mean the individual ones? Yeah, like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, where you're like you know your face, like the heart or the oh, rolling the eyes. Oh, I go find. No, yeah. I customize my emojis. Oh, you, so. oh, oh okay. <laughs> next level emojis. I do too. <laughs> I do the bit emojis with my face. Yeah, 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 you, oh, do, okay. yeah, you do those. Those are fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you two are the hardest working couple in Muncie. I say that often because I see you everywhere all the time. So thanks for doing all the great work you're doing. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. You bet. Bye. And we're done. This is it. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. That is right. This is the last episode Actually, we have two best ofs. We have two best ofs coming up. But this is the last episode we are producing with an interview for Good Girl Gone Boss at the first of the year. No more new episodes. No more new episodes. Making you sad. I it I know. It is making me a little sad. I'm a little <laughs> emotional and I don't get emotional, so that feels weird. So hopefully we just shocked you that we are going to discontinue yeah. doing the Gone. podcast weekly for right now that we know about. Right. It's not saying we'll never bring it back again, but as I've... I feel like on this podcast, especially this past year, something that we've come back to over and over again is the pandemic has taught us that we really need to take a look at where we're putting our efforts, you know, us, me and you, Matt and Angie, and Farmhouse and people in general, where we're putting our efforts, what makes the most sense for us and our lives and what we want to focus our energy on. Plus, we bought a company. And we bought a company. So we love, like, (laughs) I... And we, we've already told our sponsor, Schaefer Leadership and everything. And when I was telling him that we were thinking about sunsetting this and not doing it anymore at the beginning of the year, I was really like, I love the, I love Gone Boss. I love the fact I love talking to interesting people. It's not that we've run out of people to talk to because nope. my list keeps getting longer. People keep uh, referring people to me. I think that's great. So it's not that we've run out of people to talk to. And if it was just like 
hello, random person, come in, sit down and talk to us, and boom, that's it. Okay, that wouldn't be so hard. But by the time we schedule, we brainstorm, we schedule, we actually do the recording, yeah. then we do the editing, then you do the producing of like putting it actually together, then we do the promoting of it, you know, our emails and our Facebooks and our social media and everything. That's a lot. That is a lot. And it adds up every week. I We've mean, been doing this every week for three years. For three years. Even in the middle of a pandemic, we did it from our home and we all kinds of things. So I think we said on a good week, providing that, you know, we're on the ball with our editing and, you know, we, we're not just farting around or whatever. I mean, that's like five hours a week, probably. There have been plenty of Sundays. We've made the trip into Muncie just to record something or put something put together, something together for or this get the email done or whatever. So while we love it and we think it's great, um, we, I just think right now we just bought this new Williams Printing Book of Business. Yeah. So we really need to focus on that, make it work because we want the success for us and for our clients and everything. And this year I've taken a look and reflected on what boards I'm I'm part of. I've taken a step back from a couple of those. Um, just really want to make sure I'm judicious with my time and your time and just be a s- work smart, not hard. Work right. smarter, not harder. Right. We're working hard right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that we don't always work hard, but you know. Well, listen to some of these stats because we've been doing this for three years. Uh, we have 150 published episodes. Now, we've done more than that because we had that pandemic and we did some vodcasts. Right. There were eight of those, right? Eight of those with uh, three women apiece when, when we did those. So we're up to, you know, close to 160, 80 Somewhere in there. Yeah. Interviews that we've done over uh, the past three years. 44,000 downloads. Almost 45. 44,793 as of recording today. And we've had over 80 hours and 15 minutes of content. 80 hours? 80 hours. (laughs) That's of of recorded, that's of published content. That doesn't count. There's probably like... Eight hours of ums and <laughs> <laughs> that we cut out, and ums and us that I cut out. <laughs> our our average episode is around thirty two minutes long, okay. so that makes sense and everything. So yeah, that's some of the numbers that we have of our podcast for the past three years. Yeah, and I mean every not every time, but we get feedback and interactions on those. We hear people email like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't know such and such about somebody or whatever." So I think it's it's really cool. Um, we're not saying we'll never bring it back. We might. We might reimagine the way we do it, or we may never do it again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but we've enjoyed having the listeners listen to us, give us feedback, comment. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've enjoyed every episode, every every guest we've had in here. I've learned something new about every single one of them. It's been it's been great. It's been fun. And um, some of the stories are are classic and oh timeless. my goodness, they're amazing. So anyway, I hope everyone has enjoyed us doing this for the past three years. We've heard that a lot. We have heard that. Now, if people don't enjoy it... We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But we've enjoyed doing it. I hope you have enjoyed listening to it as well. The podcast will be available at goneboss.com over the next year. Be sure to listen to them all from the number one with Tasha Barnes to the last one, Julie Metzger. And they're best friends. Did you realize we had... Oh, and I did not do that on purpose. I promise it just worked out that way. But that's that's good bookends, I think. That is. So listen, the next two weeks, we've got some best of action coming. We've got some best of, so be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be real fun. We are listening to some of the lightning round questions and all of that. So it's going to be fun. And now I feel sad. 
Thank you for tuning in for the last time on Gone Boss.